part of our history we have a story of gleaming hope, where the townsfolk rise against all odds to offer aid to the soldiers that protect their land. These soldiers offer their lives to fight others in a conflict that rose up as one of the darkest periods on earth. It's too easy to add action for the sake of action. Too easy to add central characters who have deep story arcs and land to be triumphant. The tale of Dunkirk is one that the British pride and champion. This film oversees the story in a Cliff Notes fashion with scenes of terror, hope, and catastrophe. All I know is I was completely immersed and came out the other end, not only marveling at the technical aspects, but understanding now that more than ever, we need to all come together. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to the Feasible Filmcast for August 3rd, 2017. My name is Christopher, and today on the show we have a review of Dunkirk. Now before we start, I just want to get a few things um, out of the way, I guess. Um, it's been about a month now since we've had an episode, and it's doing the fact of trying to figure out kind of a um, more coherent schedule, more that'll make sense to the listeners, and more that's just you know easy to come out with more content throughout the week. So um, what I was thinking is having you know smaller reviews come out that don't involve any type of news. So I was thinking about doing like at the beginning of the week, a main review of a movie, um, kind of like a quickie, like 15, 15 to 20 minute review. And then towards the end of the week, having a, uh, like a news section that goes over just all the news from the week, you know, and, and kind of just breaking it down, what's coming out, if there's been any new trailers or, or, you know, if there's anything, you know, interesting to talk about, you know, numbers, you know, numbers of movies that happened over the week, you know, things of that nature, things that pop up throughout the week. So um, just let me know what you guys think. Um, as always, you can contact me at FeasibleFilm on Twitter, and it's at FeasibleFilmCast at gmail.com, or it's at FeasibleFilm at gmail.com is the email to reach me for questions and comments. So let's go ahead and get into our review of Dunkirk. Now, I'll say that I was trying to find the optimal way of seeing it. You know, the optimal way of seeing it, I guess, is the Dunkirk experience, quote-unquote experience. So, you know, there's regular digital showings, there's 70 millimeter showings, there's LIMAX showings, and then there is the showings that include the IMAX dome, which is typically located, like, in educational areas. So, uh... The dome is the, I mean, I, from what I gather, the dome is the way to see it. You know, it just has, I mean, a crazy amount of, like, you know, just audio power. The screen is gigantic. And um, so that's the way I went and saw it. Now, yeah, I just, you know, I've never actually seen a feature film on an IMAX screen, like the dome screen. You know, I've seen like regular showings, but uh, on a big screen. But from what I've learned, the digital representation is more of a cut-down version, and that the actual uh, like sev like 70 actual film version it just adds so much more um, depth and sound to the experience. So that's the way I wanted to go check it out. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's just really awesome, you know. It, the trailers, it's weird. It's kind of like a, a planetarium a planetarium style view viewpoint when you get in, and then you almost lay back into your chair. It's at like a 90 degree angle. It's really uh, 
it's really interesting. And uh, so you lay back, and uh, you know, once the trailer started, I think they showed like Valerian, they showed um, Star Wars, and uh, uh, oh, an Avenger, the show Avengers, no, Justice League. And those just look terrible. You know, they, they letterbox it across the screen and it uses like like a tenth of the screen to show it. And it just looks, it looked and sound really bad. So, I mean, you could just tell, uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't know if it was actually going to envelop the whole screen. But with the movie starts, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like it just envelops the entire screen. You constantly have to look around and uh you know look at characters from your left and right like when it shows the beaches of dunkirk it's just you look left to right and it's just absolutely enveloping and and it just puts you like right there and of course like anybody who like walks right in front of you they're practically like in the movie like and if you you almost get that um vertigo vertigo type of sense when you walk up to your seat and sit in your chair because it's it's just uh like the theaters like at a at a at a weird angle. So anyway, the uh, the experience was great. The sound was great. The picture was great. Um, I didn't have any issues with where a lot of people were saying like in the AVX screenings and some of the other IMAX screenings, just as the sound is just boosted, you know, just to give you that effect. And I I think I I mean who knows if they actually have like upgraded speakers in these theaters like normal theaters like digital screens or AVX screens but every screen that I've had like this been in IMAX or AVX it's almost like they all they do is they just turn up the volume so you pay the extra like 3 or 4 dollars per ticket and I think all you're really paying for in my opinion is just for the sound to be turned up you know to get that total immersion cuz you know like a a normal viewer likes it to be at a comfortable volume whereas you know Anytime you turn up music louder or anything like that, you get more um, jump scares or, you know, drama moments or, you know, uh, you know, certain like it just adds to the cinematic experience, I guess, when you turn it up as long as the speakers sound good. So um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into the review. Um, you know, I, I was I was uh, really excited for this. You know, um, I only watched the original teaser trailer just to not give too much away. And, and I typically do that for most things, you know, that I'm really, really anticipating. So, you know, there wasn't any type of hype building for me. You know, I just, you know, I just, you know, it was a new Christopher Nolan movie. I knew it was going to be sort of on his, you know, artsy side. So um, I thought that, well, I guess first let's just talk about the structure. And I, I'm not sure what you guys think, um, but... I really liked the narrative structure. It was almost like I said in the opening, like a, almost like a Cliff Notes version of the story. You know, like if you went on Wikipedia and you read the story, it's it it uh there there isn't a lot of embellishing in the in the movie itself. You know, it just you know maybe focuses on some some people, maybe you know whether that be realistic or not. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but for the most part, it's just a straight telling of the story, which is pretty interesting. Um, it's one that was definitely like near and dear to the British heart. And, uh, um, and, you know, I'm glad that something small scale is championed by such an auteur filmmaker. It just brings out, um, so much more heart and so much more depth than, you know, like a watching a documentary would. And at times you almost feel like you are watching a documentary, you know, and, and I, I'm totally okay with that. You know, I wasn't expecting any huge, uh, 
I mean, if you know anything anything about the history of Dunkirk, I, I knew there wasn't going to be any type of like act, huge action sequences or anything that was just going to really blow your mind. It was just kind of being with these characters throughout the film and experiencing what they went through. And I'm completely okay with that. You know, I know a lot of people took issue with that. A lot of people are writing online that it's just, just flat out boring. Like, you know, nothing happens, um, that you can't see anything very well. Um, I didn't really see it that way. I just, I saw it as just a, a, like a film that champions the spirit of the people that are trying to help out their fellow countrymen in a war-torn area, you know, and um, the, back, the soldiers' backs were against the wall, and the, you know, townsfolk, like, gathered boats and things like that to come over to help them, and were largely successful at the end of the day. It, it was one of the, uh, in history, is like one of the largest, um, uh, like, times where the people kind of came together and helped out the soldiers. And, you know, it's just, you know, I, I got sort of emotional there towards the end. And, you know, I think that it just did its job. It's really enjoyable. I think it's some, I think it's a movie when it comes out on home video, it'll be, you know, easy to put on and watch, you know, at any time, it's not going to be something you're going to throw on, you know, if you're having a bunch of buddies over to watch it, it's just, um, it's one of those movies like a, like a Terrence Malick or, um, Daniel Day, like Daniel Day Lewis, uh, like There Will Be Blood, you know, something like that. It, it's it's a film where it's it's more on a personal level. You watch it to get more out of the filmmaking technically um, than you will anything else, you know, than being shocked by what you see. Uh, but uh, like speaking of like no dialogue and just using audio to start it off, I mean, I don't think there's even like any dialogue for like the first like 15 or 20 minutes and um it's almost like i i give like the example of like reading a book you know and not hearing the voice of the character and trying to come up with you know what's going on yourself and i i, I just for me that that just does the it just i love that lo love that type of filmmaking i love that type of storytelling where you know it's all visual it's just um it's a good way to uh Get, you know, for you to fill in the blanks in your own way, you know, almost like a, a cool buildup of a, like an electronic song, you know, you're like anticipating what's going to happen next. You're anticipating the rhythm and, and, uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And I think that's what this film is. It's just, it's a lot of builds. It's a lot of falls. It's a lot of cut, cutting to different points of, um, interest at certain times. And I think at the end, it's just a cohesive story, you know, and um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I really liked the action sequences, um, especially uh, the, like the land portions. Um, I liked a lot of the air stuff and a lot of the criticism I'm seeing. I guess, you know, when you go online, you read about this, there isn't a lot of positive. It, there's just a lot of criticism and... I I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't see what you could possibly add to it. It's just, you know, trying to showcase something more re more realistically than just trying to, you know, have these dogfights that, you know, uh, Tom Hardy's just taking out planes left and right. And I think that, you know, it has a device where his um, gas tank gets shot 
and he's losing gas, or he doesn't know what his gas is, that, that is really thrilling. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where the tension is. You know, it's not about, you know, if he's, if he's, you know, going to make it in the end, you're not 100% sure, but it, it's the, it's the, the, the terror and, uh, the eventually what happens to him that you're, you know, kind of waiting to see and everything in between all the, all, all the action sequences where he's, you know, he is like dog fighting with other planes and things like that. It's very centralized. You know, you have a wide view, uh, a wide view of what's going on. So it's almost like you're there, but it's not like doing like a um, something like uh, Top Gun or Avatar, where you know you'll be looking, you know, toward you'll be looking around the screen trying to figure out what's going on or or what he's shooting at or where the enemy is, and you know, it just does that thing where it focuses in real fast and. Um, you know, the, the two characters look at each other and start firing missiles, at, or, you know, machine guns at each other. It's nothing like that. It's just you as a viewer just kind of taking in what it was like, you know, almost like being on a simulator. And for me, I thought that was thrilling. For others, you know, it may not be your Top Gun moments, or your, you know, stealth moments, things like that. It's just um, fairly straightforward, which which I can, which I like because it, it's like that. It's through a line the, through the entire film that way. It's not segmented. You know, there isn't any like really, really high uh, action parts where uh, you know it's just all this ridiculous action, which I enjoyed. At least it was consistent. Um, so I like the sea. I love the sea parts. Probably one of my favorite um, sequences of the whole film um, is the you know Cillian Murphy part when. What happens? I don't want to spoil anything, but what happens on that boat is, is really moving, and it's the central heart, and uh, all the drama is wrapped up in that single boat, and you get a feeling for, um, like I said at the beginning, like what these uh, people in the town will do to help their soldiers out, and which was very, very interesting, and very well done. Um, now, I know I guess I'm focusing a lot on the criticism, but that's all I'm reading about is. The soundtrack I hear, you know, it is just they, they, you know, most people online are saying they don't care for it. You know, it's just a bunch of clocks and things like that. And I view it more as kind of like the consistency I was talking about, more of like a simulator. It's just it's not trying to bring up any section more than it should, um, you know, other than just using the sounds of the ocean or the sounds of the sea or, or I'm sorry, the sounds of the sea, the sounds of the air um, to kind of convey, you know, tension and terror and, you know, just bullets ringing through a ship, um, you know, being shot at. Those are the things that kind of ramp up the tension um, other than having, you know, like these score bits that come on. And, uh, you know, the only reason I don't think it would work all that well is just because, in my opinion, is because it... Uh, it seems that, you know, if you had these, you know, like I was saying, like harrowing songs throughout, like every couple minutes, there's too many quick cuts in there. So I don't know that you could ever get any type of buildup out of it. You know, you need a couple, a good three, four minutes to build up a theme or build up some kind of a, a music. Otherwise, you know, unless it's something kind of like Inception, but, you know, where there's just kind of booms and blasts and things like that. So, I, you know, I, I was okay with it. I mean, could there have been a better soundtrack, I guess? But it doesn't, it's neither here nor there for me. It doesn't detract and it doesn't add anything. It's just, 
you know, the sound effects are, are more of a vehicle to express the the terror or, or uh, uh, you know, tension in the film. So I was okay with that. You know, as far as uh, another thing I thought that was really interesting is there are no, they don't ever show the enemy uh, other than maybe for like 20 seconds, which I thought was really interesting. Like what other war film can you think of that goes through its entire runtime and never shows the enemy? It, it never shows them once or not once. It shows them for a couple seconds, like I said, towards the end. But, you know, that that's that's cool because it... it um, it's interesting because you don't get any type of conflict. You don't get any type of bad central character. You don't get anything to connect uh, the good with the bad. It's just it's just a, a, a singular focus on one side of the war, which I thought was really interesting. You know, it's just something I haven't seen before and something I think should get a little bit more credit. And... Uh, like I, you know, I was just okay with it. I thought it was fine. It, I thought it worked well. And you know, throughout the whole movie, I never really sat. I mean, I thought about it, but um, it never really was a problem for me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the ending. I guess we can talk about the ending a little bit. Um, I really thought that the ending was well done. It uh, kind of just ends almost like. <laughs> you know, going back to like reading a cliff notes of a book, you know, it just ends off on a, how you think it would end, you know, just like if you're reading a cliff notes or just like if you're reading like a Wikipedia page, it's nothing more. And, you know, and I, 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 I enjoy it again. I enjoyed that. And, and I also enjoyed it only, you know, I think it was only like an hour and 45 minutes, which is really rare as well in a war movie. Cause they're almost typically always over, you know, two hours. And, I know a lot of people were saying that it was going to be like a war epic, but if you know anything about the story of Dunkirk, you know that yeah, it was it was a it was a epic time, but it wasn't necessarily like an epic war or something like D-Day. You know, I mean, the Battle of Britain, which happened a little later, was that. You know, this is just a small time story, and uh, but yeah, I thought the acting was great. I don't think that anybody actually had a name that I can remember. I'm a couple of days removed now, but I don't remember there anyone having a name. And it's just like even seeing some of the uh, credits roll by, it's just like, you know, cabin boy or or uh, shipmate, you know, things like that, you know. Other than maybe the admiral, you know, had a name, but uh, you know, I thought that was another interesting thing. You know, there isn't a character that you can take out and say, you know, they did a much better job than the other. You know, they they all played it straight. And it didn't look like any of them were competing with each other. It was just there to tell the story. And I, you know, I guess that's just what it comes down to. And, um, but I guess let's go over my favorite, um, parts. My favorite parts is definitely the technicality of the shooting. The, uh, you know, seemingly mounting like all those IMAX cameras to the planes and everything. Just, it's just breathtaking and, and masterfully done. And looks amazing, and uh, you know, like shooting on the water. I guess would be a hard thing to do. Like taking out. I'm I'm just wondering. I just cannot wait for the the uh, special features to come out to see what type of hurdles they had to overcome to actually shoot a lot of this footage. 
And another thing that I thought was kind of strange is I know the film had a, uh, you know, it, it was me. I think it was like something like 80 something percent 70 millimeter. And it was weird because when it wasn't in 70 millimeter, it letterboxed across the screen. And it was just something that, you know, when they were, you know, when the admirals were talking on the bridge, it was something that you seemed like could just be like a dolly shot or, 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 or you know, something like a track shot of using the camera, you know, just to add to the IMAX. But for whatever reason, you know, changing to that, I mean, it, it didn't detract from it, but changing from, you know, full IMAX to, um, you know, just regular letterbox 35, I guess, just seemed kind of strange for something that was so easy. It was just a couple of lines of dialogue. Seems like the could you just, you could have just rounded it out and that way it's cohesive, but I don't know. That was kind of strange. But um, yeah, I love the technicality of the shooting. I love the cinematography. I liked the um, claustrophobic moments and uh, everything that had to do with the uh, land and I'm sorry, the water portions and the air portions are my favorite. Now, one thing I really disliked um, was there's a portion of the film where uh, you know, you're following two characters and they go inside of a boat and, you know, it, it gets hit by a torpedo and kind of overturns. And I felt that it was just a little too dark to figure out what was going on. And I don't know, you know, if it was just the presentation, but I just found it, like I said, I found it very hard to figure out where people were in the frame, where they were going, um, you know, and it, it didn't really add anything to the tension. You know, you just get to see uh kind of the chaos but there's no real struggle you don't get to see the struggle and it was just a little dark and a little muddy for me so that was really the only thing and maybe some a little bit of pacing issues i would have cut maybe a portion of some of the um another part that involved the same two characters a little later on the beach there there's some portions where they're stuck inside of a barge waiting for the tide to come in for the water to take it across and I didn't really, I thought that the scene maybe of, of just got bogged down a little bit. I think it could have like maybe focused more on the, 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 uh, the air and sea a little bit more during that and added a little bit less. I, I mean, I like the sound effects and I like the action. I like the idea behind it. I just think it could have been a little bit shorter. So all in all, I'd love to hear what you guys think, and uh, I'd definitely give it a good review. And and it's a 4.5 out of 5 for me. I'm not sure. I was asked like where it stacks up in Nolan's filmography, and that's really hard for me to place just because it's so different. Um, because I, you know, I, I. I like so many of his movies that it it's definitely up there. It's just I don't know exactly where I'd place it, but I'd love to hear what you guys what you guys think. So um, you can you can do that at, on Twitter. It's at feasiblefilm, um, and you can also email at feasiblefilm at gmail .com. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. I know there there's been a couple weeks here um, that that you know that shows haven't been posted, but uh, moving forward, there'll be one every week, uh, if not two a week. So look forward to that. And I think that the next review for this next week is going to be Atomic Blonde 
or the Dark Tower, one of the two. So uh, pretty excited about Dark Tower. I know the reviews are coming in right now. They're not great, but um, I'm still pretty excited to check it out. So until then, thank you for listening and stay feasible.